0: Hi, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. Our guest today is Al Roker, and we'll get to him in a minute. But first, I just want to remind you that you can reach out to us at food at markbittman.com. We'll be periodically answering questions on the air, but we'd love to hear from you in any case. And please subscribe to this podcast, review us, give us stars, whatever it is you want to do. And let me remind you, you can also subscribe to our near daily newsletter. The Bitman Project at bitmanproject.com. Okay, on to Al Roker.
1: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online
2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch.
3: Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. United Healthcare insurance plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com.
4: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases
0: My guest today is Al Roker, who is someone I've worked with on and off for 20 years. And there are a lot of stories there, actually. And if you think of him as a weatherman, you just haven't been paying attention. He is uh, an inspirational guy, somebody I'm incredibly fond of, someone who inspires a real sense of goodwill, of warmth and kindness. And it is genuine. I don't know what else to say. You can call him America's sweetheart, Al. Um... There's a family man, a long time today host, 25 years, I believe. He's a quintessential New Yorker, man about town, an arbiter of good health and well being, um, an interesting, open, well, you can tell, I like him. He's best known for the Today Show, but of course his influence goes well beyond that. His love for his family and life in general is well known. And, um, well, as I said, it's genuine. Uh, He's written a number of books on different topics, including cooking and family and natural disasters, climate, some unusual stuff we'll get into, and you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone saying a negative thing about him, even on social media. He is really a beloved guy and a great guy. We had a wonderful conversation, and I'm happy to share it with you. Thank you, Al, for joining me.
5: My pleasure. <laughs>
0: the shrub You know
5: you're one of my favorite people going,
0: so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you for saying that. You know, I sit down, Kate and I do these together or do the prep together, and there's always this sort of like, when we get past the obvious, what are we supposed to be saying here? And with you, it's like, I mean, I'm not blowing smoke. You're so accomplished. You're widely loved. It's hard to know where to start and where to end. I mean, anyone who... Thinks you of you as the weather guy has not been paying attention. So um, there's just a lot to cover. Anyway, we've had similar experiences in that if you do an okay job, or we could even say a good job, in journalism, they kind of let you float around and do what you want to do. That you you know, if you show you can handle one thing, well, at least that's been my experience. They let you they let you try another. Yeah, and I think it's also
5: being willing to raise your hand and say, yeah, I'll do that. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I'll, you yeah, know, what, uh, uh, you know, go, go bungee jumping. Well, although I will, I won't go bungee jumping. That's probably the, <laughs> the bungee jumping and skydiving are the, my two. That's where I draw the line unless something's happened to the plane. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but, you know, otherwise it's this, you know, and I tell, tell, when I talk to students all the time, I said, you know, don't, Think you know what you want to do? You don't know what you want to do. You don't know what you don't know, and so i mean, look, I never wanted to be. I never planned to be a TV weather person. You know, it was just I kind of fell into it. So yeah, the, just the ability to be able to do different things and raise your hand to be able to do them is it was such a blessing. Do you know how many books you've written? I think thirteen, and my last one was kind of a memoir, but it was more like advice sort of that I've learned. It was called, uh, you look so much better in person because I get that all the time Mm. at the window, especially now that we're taking pictures again with the crowd outside. And invariably somebody, at least one person will go, oh my gosh, you look so much better in person. And I know they mean it as a compliment.
0: Right. Right.
5: And yet, it really isn't, <laughs> uh, given that I make my living on television. Right. Uh, but, you know, I've written a book with Deborah, you know, that was kind of been there. It was called Been There, Done That. It was kind of a look at relationships, kind of a he said, she said, Rashomon kind of thing. We even got our kids involved in it. But, you know, I, I I've I, I think most of us do things subconsciously to please our parents or not so subconsciously. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, my mother was a voracious reader. Just you know, my dad barely cracked a book. But my mother was—I mean, he'd read the paper. But my mother was a voracious reader. And so I think I wrote my first book just to impress my mom, you know, and then, and you know, so that was a kind of a—it was about our journey having kids because you know, we suffered from infertility and did IVF. And then my next book was a, a, a cookbook, a couple of cookbooks, and I did a couple i did a few murder mysteries and some other stuff and and it's always uh, i did some historical weather books it's very funny because it's not again it's, a, it's like an accidental career mark i i don't know how you got to where you are but every opportunity i've had is is nothing that i really sought out it just kind of happened
0: well yeah i'm not the subject here but i will say there were a few times i was aggressive (laughs) it didn't all but but it is also true that i've i'm not a religious person i don't feel as if i were guided by the hand of god or anything but a lot of stuff does feel like i don't know how that happened i mean it just happened we'll talk about your famous weight loss and i'd like to talk about your cookbooks too but you and you just mentioned this thing that you've written a couple books about what i guess you might broadly call weather but really which are natural disasters, the Johnstown Flood and the, of 1889 and the Great Hurricane of 1900. I've sort of been fascinated by those things. Also, I was just talking to a friend of mine about the Johnstown Flood, and he said, well, it is the great story because there's actually bad guys. Like, it was a big disaster, but it was somebody's fault. And the fault was of rich people from the Northeast. Rich yeah. people yeah. who
5: wanted their own little, you know, kind of Adirondacks. Except, they, you know, in, in, you know, out in uh, Pennsylvania and, you know, like a lot of the robber barons, they cut costs, they cut corners and and the people down downstream paid a tremendous, tremendous cost. Uh, so especially that one really is a parable for today, you know, that nature finds a way and they thought that they could tame this this the power of water. And unless you take great care and precautions, you're going to have a disaster on your hands, and that's what happened. A, a you know, a dam gave way, a, a natural a lake was was changed, and but the proper precautions weren't taken, and, a, and an entire valley was almost wiped away.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were and they were warned.
5: And they they were told about it. They were people. There were, you know, and and, and there were a lot of heroic stories that came out of it. But you know, it, it is one of those truths stranger than fiction, or more horrific than fiction in some cases. And and the intersections of historical figures and you know these you know the 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 bold-faced names of the time of the Gilded Age, you know, who ended up not paying a whit either publicly or financially for their misdeeds. No
0: consequences. Really. No
5: consequences whatsoever. And you know, you could look to today and. Maybe make the same
0: parallels. I'm wondering what grabbed you about that and if you have other books like that in you. Those are history books. Yeah, they're history.
5: You know, look, I, I do believe the greatest existential threat besides perhaps what's happening in Europe, uh, but I think globally the greatest existential threat to the world is, is climate change and uh, look i'm i'm not joe scientist so but i i would like to try to figure out some way without being preachy about a call to arms and maybe even more importantly try to make it somewhat positive in that what are the things we can do what's within our control individually and what we can do to help nudge our government to make these these investments and these changes that have to be made if we're going to survive. And look, we can do it. We, if there is a global will, you remember when we were talking about uh, the hole in the ozone, massive hole in the ozone. It was causing radiation levels to climb, warming the earth. And we made changes. We changed the way we cooled our homes and cars and uh, banned certain chemicals. And lo and behold, low these many years, that, that hole is gone. So so we can do it we just have to have the political wherewithal and uh, and economic wherewithal to do it and in the end of the day it makes life better for everybody both from an economic standpoint from a job standpoint from from a quality of life standpoint
0: yeah i guess the key is to convince the fossil fuel companies that you're right on that i mean that relatively speaking the ozone hole was a simple fix and and it didn't cost a lot of money and it didn't cost profits and so on but Switching the economy to renewable energy seems to be a little more challenging. It's challenging, and yeah, there's always
5: any time. Look, it happened in this country when we went from an agrarian society to an industrial society, but eventually it evened out, and I think that's the case here. I I would make the argument to folks who live in coal country: where would you rather have your children and grandchildren go to work in a coal mine? Or in a solar panel factory or a windmill factory. I think it's not a zero sum game. I think we can, you know, and again, look, they're going to be transition and there are going to be difficulties, but not doing it is far the cost is far greater from a human toll and an economic toll than you know from a environmental toll.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously I'm with you there. I'm going to encourage you to write a manifesto or something like that. It's been like 20 years since your gastric bypass. And um, I remember it. We knew each other then. You look great. You look great in person. You look great on camera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I love your blue glasses. You posted on Instagram about your setbacks and struggles. You've written about that. You've written that you're never going back. Why don't you talk a little about that, about the challenges?
5: Yeah. Listen, 20 years ago, gastric bypass was still, I mean, it was, it was more widespread. They'd already made the change from doing it where they would slice you from up here to down to your belly button to where, where it's done laparoscopically five holes and they go in, but there was still, I think I still had apprehension because I had struggled with my weight for my entire, you know, from the time I was probably 10 till I had the bypass and still do, but I didn't want to talk about it because I was afraid in the back of my mind that it would fail, that this would be one more thing that didn't work. And if, if that, that didn't work, then where was I? I, I, would run out of tools in the toolbox. So, yeah, you know, I did it. And I, listen, I, I was very open about it. At, look, at first I didn't tell anybody about it. I mean, my wife, Deborah, and my kids were the only ones who knew nobody else knew. in my plan. I forgot to figure out, Oh, you know what? I'm going to lose weight. I'm gonna also lose weight very rapidly. Mm-hmm. I I just thought I'd have this bypass and then everything would go on, nobody would notice. And then of course I lost 40 pounds in like a month. Mm-hmm. And 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 people were like, is Al Roker okay? And, right. And so we kind of had to go public with it. But look, I, I'm one of these people that I, I think you if you, you're given a platform, why not use it? And so I thought, you know, let's, let's be public about this. And it's still, it's still a struggle. I mean, 20 years later, I have still had issues like my mom got sick and eventually passed from an an illness. Well, in that three months of driving from New York city out to long Island and back again and spending the day at the hospital, I was eating poorly and I gained 40 pounds. I mean, now granted I had gotten down to 170 and so I went back up to like 220, 225, still over 100 pounds less than I was, but I thought, oh, oh, this is not good. And eventually, I got it turned around again. And you know, during the pandemic, you know, I gained the the COVID 19 uh, and an extra five, probably for good measure. And you know, we've come out of it, and I've worked back down again to I'm probably you know uh, in the in the upper 170s. And, you know, feel pretty good about it. But, you know, it's still a struggle. You know, there's still, you know, those days. But I weigh myself every day because I like to know where I am and when I need to worry about anything. A a friend of mine, this woman, Lizzie Josephsberg, is a trainer and a nutritionist. And she's got a little program called Target 100. And I walk at least 10,000 steps a day. Most days I am do over 25,000. I drink over a hundred ounces of water, and uh, you know I limit myself to about a 100, 110 grams of carbs. So it's like kind of a modified keto, but it's still I get enough starch or whatever that I don't feel deprived. But I enjoy food. I love food, and and so I, I've come to realize, low, these many that that depriving yourself of any one food group isn't sustainable. So. Yeah. But I feel, I feel good. You know, I mean, I'm look, I'm going to be 68 years old this year and I probably am in better shape than I was, than I've been in the last 20. Realistically. Uh, my resting heart rates at 52. And, you know, like I said, I'm, on average I try to walk five to eight miles a day.
0: Do that on the treadmill or do that on the street?
5: Both. It's it's funny. I didn't coin this for one of my, uh, stage managers Yosef. you know Yosef. yeah uh, i said hey, so al are you doing two a days i said two a days he goes well you know run, you know walking and i think i do usually do 5 miles in the morning before i come to work and then i try to get in the, out in the park for another two or three miles so as soon as i finish here with you i'm going to change and head out to the park in fact i'm shooting a story it's coming up on national walking day so i'm going to uh, meet a walking expert who can maybe help me with my gait
0: I want to talk about eating a little bit, but I have to interrupt. You walk five miles before work, but don't you get to work at five? Here's the interesting thing. I don't know if it's interesting, but
5: pre-pandemic, I would get in at about 545 because, you know, we had to, I'd stop in at the weather office and go over everything and, yeah, then you know, you'd know you come over and you'd kind of wait your turn to get into the makeup chair. Obviously I wasn't spending time in the hair chair, but you know, <laughs> makeup. then, But during the pandemic, we didn't do, we didn't have makeup. We had to do our own hair and makeup. Uh, all of my meteorologists in the morning are working from home still. So I've been able to change my, my schedule so that I'm kind of done with, all of my weather stuff by 345. And I don't get into the building until about 630. So I've got a chunk of time where I can, you know, I like this morning I did, uh, I only did four miles and then I saw my trainer at 5 a.m. And I work out with him for 30 minutes, but it's an intense 30 minutes. I go upstairs, I get showered and then head to work.
0: Your circadian (laughs) rhythms must be.
5: Well, you know, here's the thing. We, we are, as humans, I think, wonderful excuse machines. You know, you can find an excuse to avoid anything you don't want to. But I find that at 3.45 in the morning, there are no meetings that are going to get in the way. There's no, nothing with the kids, nothing. So there's no excuse. And this way it's done and it's out of the way. And I can check that box.
4: Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply.
2: Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.
0: Are you cooking much? I'm curious about what your daily routine looks like food-wise.
5: I I still like to cook. Yesterday, I made uh, some duck legs and uh, some roasted small potatoes and the duck fat and and, uh, roasted Brussels sprouts. Tonight, I'm going to do a couple of pork chops, some sautéed kale, and roasted sweet potatoes. Going into the pandemic, I think we were probably eating out or ordering in. 3 4 days a week you know and then during the pandemic i mean you were cooking every day and you were making three meals a day but on the upside it gave me something to do with my son nick and uh, we started he was the camera guy and you know you know a little selfie stick and we documented our meals every night you know what we were we called it what what we're cooking and people went nuts for it and That's great. Um, yeah and so i've kind of kept that going i'd say we probably i probably cook 5 to 6 days a week now. But again, just dinner, you know. Uh, breakfast and lunch everybody's on their, they're on their own. But I enjoy it. It's a, it's a you know, it's, it's kind of that moment of that zen, but you know, you're you you kind of shut everything else out. I'm not, you know, on the phone or whatever. I just I just like the process. And I you know, look, I don't I don't do fancy. I just I do basic, you know, grilled, roasted. You know, that's so like life's a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I've always felt that. I mean, I something about cooking, and it is, again, one of those things I can't explain, but something about cooking has always just helped me relax. And the way that it punctuates, although I often cook lunch still, and I sometimes cook breakfast, but something about cooking dinner and calling at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I've always really liked that.
5: Odds are, uh, depending on the day, Deborah's in the kitchen too. Nick will come down. He's Maybe got his tutor or something like that, but in between comes into the kitchen, grabs something to eat, you know, an almost 20-year-old, he's either in front of the fridge or the pantry, one or the other, or, or going anywhere in between. <laughs>
0: yeah, so. yeah. Sadly, I feel like you can say that about me too, but yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about how you've seen food change on the segments at today. I, I think my first, well, I know my first segment was in 2002, so exactly 20 years ago. Wow. And, you know, I've, as you know, and our listeners know, I've done a few, but you've done a zillion. But I'm just curious what trends you might have seen in the last 20 years on the show, what people were doing and what they are doing and what's been in between.
5: I, I think, obviously, I, probably the biggest trend is moving to more toward plant based meals, not as just side dishes, but main dishes. I think that has been, and it's been gaining steam and size and scale uh, i think simplicity i think back you know 2000 2002 whatever you know was the french cooking and this and that now it's it's more regional cooking but simpler good you know quality ingredients food that takes fewer steps that make it you know we had uh, what's the guy the chef today evan funky uh he's got a mother wolf restaurant in los angeles and he made it. Ch- uh, I always mispronounce it. And it's easy, Uh Cacha E Pepe.
0: Yeah, that's not mispronounced.
5: Okay, I couldn't. It didn't sound right coming out. But you know, I mean, that's that's a pretty simple.
0: Yeah, it doesn't get much simpler.
5: Yeah. But one of the joys of doing the show, as the chef, as star in a sense, or or appreciating chefs, uh, has become uh, more of a part of our culture. Getting to meet folks and their their philosophies and, and taking some pride. I mean, I've got a daughter who's a chef, you know, and, you know, has worked at the show and now is a test kitchen manager for an appliance company and knows what she's doing. And, uh, I think we hold and revere a little bit, the folks who are in, uh, in the food business, because food is basically in a sense, love, nurturing, you know, whether, I mean, yeah, you go to a restaurant, you're paying for it, but you know, when it's somebody, somebody's made you a meal, that's an act of kindness, you know, especially if it's somebody you've gone to their home or whatever. That's to me, I I just don't see anything uh, more personal, a, a gift than cooking something.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I often say to people who are nervous about cooking for other people, other people are always grateful when you cook for them. They never think, oh, this sucks. They're always like, I'm so happy you cooked for me. It's so great.
5: And in fact, my philosophy is, and it it drives Deborah crazy, because I always try a new recipe when somebody's coming over. Mm -hmm. I just, I figure here's a a chance to try something different. You know? She said, why would you do that? I said, why not? You know? I said, in fact, it's probably better because, A, they don't know what it is you're making, and B, they're so happy just to have a meal. Even if it's not the best meal in the world, they're still happy about it.
0: They're walking in with every intention of enjoying themselves. They are already grateful, and it's a really wonderful position to be in. You kind of can't go wrong. Two last questions. You're a very open person. I I think you you have been as long as I've known you. You're spiritual. You go to church. Um, You are inspiring. Your personal spirit is inspiring, and especially given... And also, you've been very public about this, your many health challenges over the years, which you've been given that you're a Today Show person, really public about them. Yet, you seem to always be in a good mood. It's always a joy to see you. It's fun to be around you. What's the secret to that? How do you do that? Where's your inspiration?
5: Oh, gosh. You know, I always think about my dad. You know, he, he passed at 69. He was pretty young. And, um, you know, he was a bus driver for most of my childhood. He ended up, by the time he retired, he was kind of in charge of labor relations for one of the divisions at the, the Metropolitan Transit Authority. But even when he was a bus driver, at my opinion he was the best bus driver there was he was he was courteous to his customers because i would on days off i would ride with him he had a relationship with them he always had a kind word they were we would you know people would come on and show him pictures of his of their kids or their grandkids he just you know he said listen if i i i got a bad report card one year one semester and i thought he was going to blow up you know just really furious and he came home, and my mother had the report card, and he looks at me, and looks at it, and looks at me, and he said, "Well, if you tell me that this is the best you can do, then I can't get upset. But if it's not, I'm really disappointed." And he left the room, and I was like, "Oh, yikes!" And and so, not that that turned my life around, but you know, it was like if you don't do your best. Why are you doing what you're doing? And and look, I, I people have enough problems. I, I don't think they're turning into the Today Show for the grumpy weatherman. You know, it's uh, right. I mean, it might be. A, <laughs> yeah,
0: it might be fun. <laughs> it,
5: it might be a niche that needs to be filled. But you know, I'm, I enjoy myself. Listen, there are days where I don't feel like being Mr. Happy. Uh, I've told this Leila, my middle girl, she was about twelve. Her room was constantly a pig pen. And, and I've been after and after. And finally, one day on a Saturday, I exploded, just went in on her. And all of a sudden, she bursts into tears. And I go, now what's wrong? She goes, America never sees this Al Roker. They only see the happy Al Roker. This isn't fair. You know? and, and I just started laughing. But, you know, it's so, yeah, I have my days. But, you know, the most days, it's like, well how bad is it? you know i've got a I've got a great job. I'm more than well compensated. I've got a great family. Listen, uh, you know uh, we we are very blessed that we can do what we do, and especially what we, after what we've come out of, you know, with this technology, we were able to not miss a beat and work from home. There were folks who didn't have that luxury who didn't have that that ability. They had to go out and work and literally, literally put their lives on the line every time they stepped out their door, you know, so, so that I could stay here. So, you know, even more so And after what we've come through, you know, I, I, I've, I've got so much to be grateful for and so many people uh, in my life to be grateful for. That's great. And okay, I count well, you, I count you <laughs> as one of them. Oh, <laughs> is that Bitman! Hey, you walk into pitman? I, I mean, know. listen, I look forward it's, it's, to that. And it it's and it's kind of you know, look, I had before I even knew you, I had, you know, your how to how to blank. I I had your book on my shelf. And I was like, this is Mark pittman for gosh sake, you know. Well, the lovable you. the lovable Kermudgeenee cook. And this is fantastic. <laughs> I just met honey, I just met Mark Bittman.
0: I don't know where I got that curmudgeonly reputation. I know because to actually me, a a, I'm as much sweetness and light as you are.
5: You're a you're a teddy bear, but you know. <laughs> but well, here's the thing
0: because because
5: you've got kind of an acerbic sense of humor. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, you 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 kind of look bemused all the time, which is which is I like you without the quirkiness and maybe the slightly edgy kind of thing. You're almost like our Larry David. But mm. but more fun.
0: Well, thank you for that. I'll tell you, if I allowed myself to be nervous on that set, I'm sure everybody feels this way. If you thought about what it meant that you were talking to 5 million people at once, you would just crumble into a little <laughs> heap. So I think you kind of have to pretend it doesn't matter that much. And bemused is the right word. It's like, yeah, I'm here to have fun. I mean, yeah. that's it. Okay, last question, which you might have answered, um, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is what did you have for dinner last night? I did answer, however,
5: tonight I have in the fridge two pretty thick pork chops that I've already salted and I'm kind of air drying. And I'm going to do uh, green beans and brown rice
0: and a salad. Sounds great. All right. Thank you, Al. It was really fun. I'll probably see you soon. We have some Good. negotiating with your producers, and <laughs> I'll be in at some point. But it's fun to do this. I appreciate it. Anytime, my friend. All right. Take care. Take care, care of yourself. Mark. Bye. Bye-bye. In celebration of spring and near summer, I'm going to read you Al Roker's recipe for his famous rub, which is all-purpose. Obviously, you can use it on meat, but you can sprinkle it on vegetables. You can rub it on tofu. Anything that you're going to grill, it's great on. And this is a big recipe that is, uh, it makes a big quantity. It'll last you. may not last you all summer, but it'll last you a while. Um, so get yourself a big container and put in it one cup of brown sugar, A half a cup of black pepper, that is a lot, that is also way easier if you buy ground black pepper, but you can use a a spice grinder or a coffee mill and start with peppercorns. A half a cup of salt. A half a cup of adobo, which you will buy. Three quarters of a cup of paprika, and um, you could use pimentone if you prefer. Three quarters of a cup of chili powder, two tablespoons of ground cinnamon, and two tablespoons of ground allspice. Note that those are big quantities. So um, this is probably, well, this is close to four cups of, of stuff. So use a, I don't know, something like a coffee can as a storage or that size. Isn't that, doesn't that date me? Of that size of uh, container and just mix all that up and um, use it liberally. Al's Rub. Okay, that's it for this week. I want to thank my friend, Mr. Al Roker. You can see that that was... I enjoyed that. It's great to have him on. And uh, you can follow him on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Al Roker, A-L-R-O-K-E-R. Obviously, you can watch him every weekday morning on Today. As always, remember, you can get in touch with us at food at markbitman.com. And um, look forward to seeing you next week when we will have somebody fabulous.